Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. That's right. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. It's so good to sing that together, church. You can have a seat. Man, what an incredible way to to start our mornings together on Sunday. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? Man, so good. um, I'm so filled with joy today just uh, just getting to, to worship alongside my daughter, my wife up there, it's been a, a sweet morning already, and I'm excited to just spend some time with you together today. It's Family Worship Sunday, and so if I haven't met you yet, my name is Socrates, but, uh, but I kind of want to know who's in, the, who's in the room, because it's Family Worship Sunday, that means we've got kids with us, we've got students with us, so who in the room, I want to see by, by, give me a woo, if you are in the room and you just finished a year in elementary school, elementary school, give me a woo! Any elementary schoolers? Woo! Yeah, I see, I see you right there, my boy. Okay. How about anybody finish a year in middle school? Anybody finish a year in middle school? Say yeah. yeah. All right, we got a couple. Who here is finishing a year in high school? Just say cool. Cool. All right, we got a cool. We got a cool right here. Okay, and then if you fall into older Gen Z, right, or millennials or Gen X, baby boomers, silent generation, I want to make sure I don't miss anybody, but... Grade school is probably a thing of the past for us, right? And, and we're, we're maybe okay with that. So let me, let me hear you say, all right. All right, all right, all right. Summertime for us looks a little bit different these days, right? But it's still just exciting. And I love our multi-generational church. I love getting to be gathered together in this way just to see just the range of, of people and experiences and life stages that, that God has brought together um, to get to worship together. And so because it's Family Worship Sunday... Today we're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about worship and hear from God's Word, what He has to say about worship, what that really is, what that really means. And so I want to ask you the question, what is worship? What is worship? And as you think about that, you might have several words that are associated with that, um, moments in your week like today that are associated with that, right? Worship, you think maybe music, you think songs to God, you think psalms maybe. If you've, if you've read in the psalms, King David has lots of psalms and of adoration and of worship. But what is worship? I want to talk about that together for all, all of the people in the room, from kids to adults. And I want to start with, with, with the word prize. So I want to take a step back. And define the word prize, to prize something. Has anybody ever heard, heard of that before? To prize. To prize is to highly value someone or something above other things by treating it with special appreciation and respect, right? So, so whatever you prize, maybe you would call it your favorite, right? I prize this maybe above other things. So uh, for the kids in the room, and maybe adults can relate to this, we, have you ever had a favorite stuffed animal? A favorite stuffed animal. Anybody got a, got a favorite stuffed animal? Yeah? Okay. All right. So in my house, we call them, what do we call them, Miles? We call them stuffies. In my house, we call them stuffies, okay? And these are, these are two stuffies on the screen that you're going to see a picture of right here. These are favorite stuffies. This is Dexter 
and Matilda. And if any of those go missing, we're in trouble. Dexter actually made a special appearance today. And, and so your favorite stuffy, right, is more important to you than all of your other stuffies, right? Or all your other toys. Like, if you, you can go a night without the other ones, right? But has anybody ever experienced this? If you're missing these stuffy, you're in big trouble, right? You're, I feel like they just made a commercial about this, about a baby's binky, and he drove across the country to get the, big, the binky. It's the same with the stuffy, right? If, you, if you're missing that one, it's, it's bad news. And you value your stuffy, so you always put it in the most special place, right? Right by your pillow, or, or maybe you display it somewhere so it can be seen. And you think about how, how highly you value your stuffy, okay, kids? Think about how highly you value it, and multiply that times a million, okay? And then think about your other toys, you value them this much, and bring that down by a million. And now we're starting to get a picture a little bit closer to what, what we mean by the word worship, when we're valuing something so high above all other things, and we're giving, actually giving God the worship that God alone deserves. And so it's not perfect, but it's a little bit closer to help us to start thinking about what this means. And so I want to talk about what worship means. Worship is an odd response of love and honor that is meant to be given to God alone. Everybody say, God alone. God alone. So as we get older, maybe it's not stuffies for us, but we actually start to learn, to learn how to prize other things with more intensity than a stuffy, right? So life gets serious. We start to assign value and more emphasis and, and priority on things like money or approval of people, right? That's a big one. Safety and security, we start to really value that very highly, right? Hard work, success, even gaining knowledge, intelligence. Maybe it's a special person in our lives that we start to value highly. And, and when we value those things to the point that they are of greater value to us than God, then we're misplacing the worship that only God deserves. And a lot of times we get our priorities mixed up, right? And even in Jesus' life, the devil tried to tempt Jesus to worship him by promising Jesus what? Power? Power over everything that he saw. And this is how Jesus responds in, in Luke. It says, Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So he knows in that moment of temptation that God, his Father, is the only one who deserves worship, right? So when we talk about worship, it's an expression of love and honor that who? God alone. God alone deserves. And it reminds us that nothing and no one compares to his incomprehensible greatness beyond compare. That's why we sing things like, God, you're an awesome God, over and over and over to remind ourselves that nothing compares, that nothing compares. Here's some words that capture the greatness of God when we worship him. In Psalms um, and in the Psalm 89, it says, for who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome, times millions and millions, right? Far more awesome than all who surround his throne. And Psalm 113, it says this, it's one of my favorites. Everywhere from east to the west, praise the name of the Lord. Another version says, uh, another translation says, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, let the name of the Lord be praised. For the Lord is high above the nations, his glory is greater than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? No one, right? No one. 
And then this, this, these, these words uh, ring extra special to me because I love when we get to sing this together as a congregation. It's from this song, What a Beautiful Name. It goes, you have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. If you know, you sing it with me. Yours is the kingdom. And yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. I, I believe that those words exemplify what it means to worship God and to give him the worship that is due to who alone? God alone. God alone. So another aspect of what worship is is, is that it's an odd response. It's an odd response. Everybody say odd response. That's right. We're having some participation today. I love it. I appreciate it. Odd response of love and honor that is meant to be given to God alone. So it's a response to what? We just read response to his greatness, to how amazing and incomparable he is. But it's also a response to his great love for us. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But even when we just sang it, Jesus loves me. We can only worship and love God because he first loved us. Right? He showed us how to love. Before we were reaching out to God, God said, I love you. I love you. And so that is the response that we give is to that love. So we're, we've been talking about what is worship. Well, how do we worship? Practically, how do we do that in our lives and, and ways that we see that? And so the first thing that we, that we maybe comes to mind again, like I said earlier, is these Sunday gatherings, right? The gathered, gathered worship. And so the first way that I'm going to mention that we worship is that we worship by gathering together. Everybody say gathering together. That's right. Gathering together. Gathered worship is meeting with God's people to glorify God for who he is and for what he has done. Meeting with God's people for what? To glorify God for who he is and what he's done. And to glorify God, it just means we recognize the high value of God. So we help ourselves in that moment, and the people around us to see how priceless and how great our God is. We say things like, come, come, look at how amazing God is. Look at all he has done. Isn't he worthy of all this praise? That's what we do when we are gathering together in worship. And notice the community aspect of it here. There's, we're witnessing and testifying to the greatness of God to one another together, right? We're saying, hey, brother, look at how good God is. Chris, look at how good God is in my life. Look at, look at what, I, what, we're, what we can say about him because he's been faithful. He's been true to his promises. I love this, this quote. It says, Worship refers to the self-expression of a particular church community in a public celebration of its faith. So it has both vertical and horizontal dimensions. One's relation to God and one's relationships with fellow believers, right? So it's an expression of adoration, and praise to God in what? In community. In community. So gathered worship can look like what we do, worship at church as a congregation. And I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Worship as, at church as a congregation. If, if I'm honest, and I don't know if, if anybody can relate to this, but if I'm honest, I've had times in my life, whether it's when I was younger or teenage years and even since then, I've had times in my life when I've looked around. And have, have you ever felt this? When I've just looked around and I've just said, wow, so much going on here. God, what, what is this for? God, what, what's the point of this, of this big group of people coming together? God, do we really, do we really need this? Or it, can't it just be me and you? What's the, what's the point? And I think that, that 
in some ways where we've come culturally with worship, I think that, that maybe, you know, in a couple of ways I was onto something. Um, because you know, a lot of times when the focus is more on a person or on their performance than it is on the one who we worship, right, we're off base. That's, that's often worship. A lot of times when the point is, and, and this is coming from, from experience as a, my, my, my role here is service programming director, so I oversee the programming of the service. But when the point is to program such a perfect emotional roller coaster for people that we forget to make room for God, to speak and to take control, then, then we're off, right? We're off. And I think some, sometimes in those moments where I've sensed like, what's this about here? Those are maybe some of the things that have resonated with. But I'll tell you, I, I've been way off in other ways. I've been really wrong about it in other ways because it does matter. It is of great importance that we gather together as a congregation. What we're doing today matters. Richard Foster says to worship is to know, to feel, to experience the resurrected Christ in the midst of the gathered community. That is, that is huge. Think about that. Knowing, feeling, experiencing the power of the resurrected Christ together in community. And so when we worship together as a congregation, it helps us to experience the power of God working in a group of people. He's working when we sing those words. Even when I don't see it, you're working. He's moving in our spirits. We get to anticipate when we worship. We anticipate the eternal reign of God. And we envision what the Bible talks about. I love envisioning this when I worship together with, with God's people. We get to envision Revelation 7, 9 that says, A vast crowd from every nation and tribe and people and language. Praising Jesus. That happens in our gathered worship. We get to testify to one another about the goodness of God. A God who's created us and has redeemed us. That's the power of gathered worship. So I just want to tell you from here while I have the opportunity that my commitment in our worship services as, as, your, as your worship pastor at Horizon West is that we will always have those underlying intentions of giving glory to God, of helping people to see how great He is, that the focus be on Him, and of tending well to this space where, where God can reveal Himself to us. Even if that means we have to get out of the way for God to do that. Even if that means we change our plans, right? Even if that means we just strip it back a little bit just to say, God, would you just have more room to speak, to move in this place? So gathered worship as a congregation is extremely important. How about gathered worship at home as a family or a small group? That's another way that we can worship God together. And, and in my house, I would definitely say, you know, we're, we're far from perfect at this or, or even consistent, I would say. But, but in our home, we try to make space for this on an on a, as regular as possible basis. Try to make space for worshiping together as a family and a small group. We'll take a psalm from Scripture maybe and, um, and take turns reading it together. Or maybe we'll sing a, a modern worship song or even a hymn, pull out our hymnal, right? And learn some, some older songs. And you don't, I, I would just encourage you, you don't have to be a super musical family to do this. Sometimes we gather around the piano and we sing, but listen, there are so many resources out there. And, and you can make a playlist of your favorite worship songs and just pick one of them and just say, hey, this week we're going to listen to this song. We're going to Google the lyrics and, and read along. We're going we're gonna to worship together as a family. You can even find YouTube lyric videos. And I would encourage you even right now, you can even take out your phone. So everybody take out your phone. You can take out your phone because I want to I wanna give you a resource. I've been working on this. So there's, there's, a, there's a QR code over there that's got a worship playlist. And it's our, it's, it's our Horizon West 
Sunday Setlist Worship Playlist. And it's got all the songs that we've been singing regularly for the last year on it. Okay, and so it'll take you to a link where you can either choose Spotify or YouTube, whatever you use. YouTube's free for everybody. And, um, and just, just worship along with us. Maybe you can use this in your small group, in your family, to worship God. But I'd say just make it a normal part of your family life. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be weird. Sure, it's, it's new. It's different, right? It's trying something different as a family. But it, but it can be a regular part of your life. It can be a regular part of your family's life. So I encourage you to do that whether you're in a family or if you're in a small group. If you're in a small group, that would be a great way to worship together. So how do we worship? We worship by gathering together. Another, another way we worship by gathering together is we worship by giving our whole lives. By giving our whole lives. Everybody say whole lives. Whole lives. You're still with me. I can, I can tell. Did you know that worship is not exclusive to singing songs together with other people? And that's a lot of what I've talked about so far, right? And that's important. But that's not, that's not where worship ends. We give our whole lives to God in worship. And in Colossians 3, it says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do. No qualifiers here. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. There it is again. It's a response to what? God's mercy and his love. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. To give all of who you are as a true and proper worship sacrifice to the Lord. Our whole lives are to be an offering of worship to God. And, and we submit everything about the way that we live. When we do that, that's, that's true worship. So, so kids, in, in, in your lives, maybe this summer, right, you're going to VBS, or maybe students, older students, you're going to Camp Orlando, right? And you can, you can decide in advance that if you notice a kid in your, in your group that feels left out, you can decide in advance that you're going to respond to God's love for you, right? He's shown you love and welcomed you into his family by showing love for that person and inviting them to hang out with you and just say, God, this is going to be my act of worship to you this summer. I'm going to look out for people and show them the love that you've showed me and serve in that way with a spirit of worship. If you do it that way, that's worship. If, you're, if you work with other people, say you work at Starbucks and you determine you're, you're going to serve God in a spirit of worship today, right? You get up real early, maybe you're opening, and, and you're reminding people with a smile and an encouraging word that they have value and dignity as someone created in God's image. If you're doing that in a spirit of worship, that's worship. That's worship. If you work more independently, maybe you're a computer programmer. I thought I was going to be a programmer sometime in my life, and that couldn't have turned out any differently, but um, any, any more differently. But if, you, if, you worked out, if, you're, if you're working as a programmer, think about how skillfully God created the earth that we live in and the bodies that we walk in. Think about the greatness of God and the detail, the meticulous detail that he put in to creation, right? And, and it just inspires awe. Maybe you respond with awe by not cutting corners, working with integrity, by saying, God, I'm going to give you the glory by giving my best skill, my best effort, my best creativity. I want to model your creativity, God, and do the best I can do and submit it to you as an offering of worship. That's worship. That's worship. So whatever you're doing or saying, you can do it to serve and honor God with a spirit of worship. All right? 
The last, last thing, uh, how do we worship? How do we worship? We worship by gathering together, right? We worship with our whole lives, but we also worship with authenticity, with authenticity, okay? And it's not mutually exclusive from the other ones. This, this kind of brings it all together, with authenticity. And the Bible says, Jesus, Jesus says, for God is spirit, and so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I want to hang on that, on that verse a little bit. Spirit and in truth. What, what is worshiping in spirit and in truth? Worshiping in, in truth, it's, it's rooted in what's true about God, right? What we know about him to be revealed through Jesus, through his word, through the Holy Spirit. It's worshiping in truth. And worshiping in spirit and truth also means it's genuine and from the heart. It's coming from an honest place of who you are at your core. And it's also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, Jarian mentioned it earlier today. Today is a, is a day around the world where many churches, they celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost is just this, this it was this, this moment in Christian history where after Jesus was resurrected, 50 days later, people were gathered together, disciples were gathered together worshiping God, and the Holy Spirit came as a presence in their midst, as a fire, and helped compel them to give glory to God so that 3,000 people, I think is what it says, were, were, were saying, wow, what's going on here? I want to follow Jesus as a result of what I'm seeing in him working in people's lives. The Holy Spirit was present with them as they worshiped, just as he's present with us here today. When we worship in spirit and in truth, we're worshiping a God who's right here with us. We're worshiping from the heart and according to the truth of Scripture. And so... This can be, it can be tricky sometimes to worship in spirit and in truth when, as worship leaders. I'm thinking, I'm talking to the worship leaders in the room. I know there's, there's several over there in the corner. And we got lights on us. Our voices are amplified, right? And, but even those, those who are in the congregation, whether we worship in a service or in everyday life, it's possible. Have you ever felt this? It's possible to put on a mask, right, and to look like a good worshiper, right? So you can, you can raise your hands during a song or maybe in your daily life you quote scripture to a coworker, and those things are good things, right? But if we're not worshiping with authenticity, then it can be like we're putting on a mask that we take off when people aren't looking, right? We try to be like, okay, I, I got my worship face on, right? And then I take it off and, 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 and I'm just, you know, this is, my, this is my, my me time. I'm not really, this is not given over to God as an offering of worship. And that's not worshiping with authenticity. And so for the kids in the room, I don't know if I still got you kids, but who can tell me who this is on screen? Spider-Man, Spider Spider-Man. We got Marvel fans out there. Um, you don't have to be a kid to be a Marvel fan, right? Well, la last week, uh, my friend Jarian and I, who was leading worship today, I'm so thankful to have you here, Jarian. And, and we, we were talking about a week and a half ago, and it reminded, uh, it, he reminded me of a scene in Spider-Man, because that's what grown men do. We talk about Marvel. So... Um, and and Tony, Tony Stark in this scene in Spider-Man, he tells Peter Parker, he says to hand over his Spider-Man suit. Yikes. It was just like his, this gut feeling. And Peter says, but I'm nothing without my suit. I'm nothing without my suit. And Tony replies with these words. He says, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Woo. And that hit me when Jared and I were talking because we were like, we're, yeah, we're Marvel fans, but we're also preachers, so we take everything and kind of turn it into a, right, like a, a teachable moment, right? And for us as worshipers, I want to ask you this question. You'll see it up there. Who are we without the suit? Who are we without the suit? Do we only worship God when we are noticed in church or publicly in our everyday lives for people to see? Or do we also worship God with our inner thoughts, in our private moments, 
in our actions that nobody else may notice. That's what authentic worship is. It's worshiping God in public and in private. And so how do we live a life of authentic worship? I just want to end by giving you a couple of ways, practical ways that we can take away to live a life of authentic worship. And one of those is to know that God loves you. We talked about that earlier. Know that God loves you. Because we can't worship authentically if we don't understand that he loves us immensely. And I want to tell you today, you are greatly loved by God, regardless of your, your, um, your skill or what you do, regardless of, of your performance in worship. You are loved by God before all of that. 1 John 3 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. He loves you. In Psalm 5, it talks about the response of that. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter into your house and I will worship in your temple with deepest awe. That's the response part of our definition of worship, right? Who are we responding to? We're responding to the one who loves us so much that he gave his one and his only son. That whoever believes in him will be freely forgiven and have eternal life. That's how much he loves you. God sent his son into the world because he loved you. And so understanding that love informs our authentic worship. We also need to cultivate a relationship with God in private. And, and I don't know how many of you might struggle with this, but, but I've struggled with this in the past. I've struggled with, I still struggle with this today. I'm not saying it like it's over, but I struggle with this sometimes in just, in just having that consistent relationship with God in private. And if, you, if you're with me in that, I would encourage you, start small. Start small and take, take a, put an appointment on your calendar where you just say, hey, this is just like a, a coffee or lunch that I'm having with a friend. I'm putting 15 minutes, 10 minutes on the calendar to just listen to a song of worship, watch the lyrics along, read in scripture, pick a psalm, and just offer my worship to God in the form of a prayer. Let's say, God, I, I love you. I've seen you be faithful in my life. I know that scripture says that you're good and I'm having a tough time in my life right now, but I believe that you're good and I worship you. 15 minutes, once a week, I encourage you to start small and then maybe you can add on to that. Maybe you add another day or two later down the road once you're getting that once a week rhythm feeling, feeling good. But guys, we're not gonna be able to worship with authenticity if we're only worshiping in public and not cultivating a relationship with God in private. And the last thing I want to say is just about authentic worship is to prioritize obedience over the rituals of worship. Obedience over the rituals of worship. Psalm 15, it says, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. And in ancient Hebrew times, they would make offerings as sacrifices to God of worship. And those were their rituals of worship. But Samuel is challenging King Saul here and saying, Saul, God doesn't want any of that if you're not following him, if you're not obeying him, if you're not doing what he says. God doesn't care about the songs that we sing if we're not authentically obeying and following after Jesus. If our life mismatches in that way, it's worth nothing. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So if we aim to obey God, we need to do what he asks of us. And what does God ask of us? In Micah 6, it says, what can we bring to the Lord? 
Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bring him our rituals of worship? No, not just that. This, this is what he requires of you. To do what is right. To love mercy. To walk humbly with your God. So we need to ask ourselves, if we want to live a life of authentic worship, are we doing what is right in the sight of God? Are we doing the right thing according to God's word? Are we seeking him for his truth and courageously obeying? Are we living a life that shows mercy and the kindness of God? And, and Shiloh gave a, an incredible word last week, just sharing about radical forgiveness, what it looks like to show the mercy and the kindness of God. Are we following that command? Are we living a life of worship that doesn't puff itself up, but lives in humility, submitted to God and ready to serve others, even if there's nothing they can give us in return? Are we serving those who maybe we can't get anything out of that relationship? Are we serving a in a life of humility? Obeying God in those ways, it means more to him than any song that we could ever sing than any song we could ever sing. So I just want to go, just, just a quick review. What is worship? What are we committing to worship here at Horizon West Church? And I want you to go on that journey with me real quick. Just, just a quick overview. Worship is an odd response. Can you say odd response? Odd response of love and honor that's meant to be given to God alone. And how do we worship? We worship by gathering together. Say gathered together. Gathering together as a church, small group, and family. We worship by giving our whole lives, say God, whole lives, whole lives as an offering to God. And we worship with authenticity. Won't you say authenticity? Authenticity. Knowing that God, He loves us greatly. He's cultivating a relationship with God in private. And we're prioritizing obedience over public rituals of worship. Amen. Let's pray together. God, God, we pray that you would just show us. Show us how to live a life of authentic worship. Show us how to live a life, God, that isn't just a life of worship when we have the suit on, God, but who are we without the suit? We're worshipers then too. God, we want to courageously follow and obey all that you've commanded us. And Father, we know that our worship can't begin if we don't recognize just how much you love us, God. We build our lives on your love. It's a firm foundation. We build our worship on your love. It's a firm foundation. God, we will not be shaken when we are responding to the greatness of who you are and to your love for us. Help us to build our lives on that Jesus Christ. It's in your name that we pray and that we worship together. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.